everyone, this is Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie and our co-host today, the extraordinary comedian, Rebel HQ contributor, Ben Glebe joins us today. Ben, honored to have you here. I hope the jokes fly. We're gonna start with Kevin McCarthy, so you won't well, need to do much. They already are. Right. Already are. Won't need to do yeah. much. And let's just get right into it because you know how much punishment do you like? Some people like punishment more. Kevin McCarthy wants more and more. He's up to round five now, and you're still not the Speaker of the House. Let's give you the update. Kevin McCarthy has lost yet another round, round five, voting for the speakership bid. And now the House is moving on again. What will happen? The drama, the suspense, not really. Okay, he doesn't have the votes. Okay, so the summarized drama per the New York Times goes something like this. Until Tuesday, the House had not failed to elect a speaker on the first roll call vote since 1923. <laughs> when the election stretched for nine ballots, House President dictates members continue to take successive votes until someone, Mr. McCarthy or a different nominee, secures the majority needed to prevail. If Mr. McCarthy continues to flounder, Republicans could shift their votes to an alternative, such as his number two representative, Steve Scalise of Louisiana. That again from the New York Times. The thin Republican majority in the chamber means almost all of the party's members must agree on a speaker, including the guy that lied, including the guy who's an incoming Congressman Santos who lied about everything. He is needed to here. If all members of the House are voting and participating, the winner needs 218 votes. Republicans control 222 seats. So you see what they're up against here. On Tuesday, Mr. McCarthy drew, well, at most 203 votes. He failed to sway 21 GOP members with the most recent vote. Deadlock House of Representatives began its second day without a leader sworn or sworn members. After the Republicans controlling the chamber failed to elect the speaker. Representative Kevin McCarthy of California, the GOP leader, lost three votes in a row amid a rebellion by far right members of his party. The House returned at noon to try to resolve this impasse. After his defeats, Mr. McCarthy and his allies worked into the night to win over defectors. He also called former President Donald J. Trump, who had endorsed him but stayed mostly silent on Tuesday as the California Republicans suffered defeat after defeat on the House floor. I'm bringing you in right now, Ben, because I think I would rather be mocked and roasted on SNL, <laughs> you know, then put up with this. Why is he seeming to enjoy the punishment? Wouldn't you say, look, there's not gonna be a vote until you know for sure. Until you know for sure that it's a lock, right? Isn't that how politics works? Yeah, well, a lot of these Republicans that pretend to be conservative are actually masochists and enjoy all sorts of punishment they don't admit publicly. McCarthy's just admitting it publicly. He is wanting this public shellacking. It probably arouses him at this point. There, <laughs> it's it's just insanity. I mean, the fact that you've got this party that is imploding before our very eyes, just the culmination of the deserved imploding they've been doing. This is what happens when you reap what you sow, when you endorse a bunch of crazies, a bunch of fringe yeah. people, a bunch of fringe leaders, and do not put your foot down for the values a party has historically stood for, but instead make it so clear how you want sheer 
power and control and fame. And this is what happens, you got all of your fame and power hungry fringe members of your party that are doing this to just put gum in the works and get their yep. name in the papers. And I gotta tell you, I've gained a lot of weight. I've gained a lot of weight because when I watch comedy, and this is comedy, I can't stop eating. You know, if it's a scary movie, I'm kind of like frozen for a little bit, so I feel like I eat less. But with this two day odyssey of humiliation, I'm eating more and more and more, just putting anything well, in my mouth. Well, you need to watch better comedy because you'd be laughing a lot of the time, which would reduce the amount of eating. This is time. it. This is it. It's more like I'm on the edge of my seat, like, ooh, another vote. And here's again, his ears are all red and everything. Donald Trump took to Truth Social this morning, begging the GOP to back McCarthy's bid. Let's throw it up there. He says some really good conversations took place last night, and it's now time. For all of our great Republican House members to vote for Kevin, close the deal, take the victory, and watch crazy Nancy Pelosi fly back home to a very broken California. The only speaker in US history to have lost the House twice. Republicans did not turn a great triumph into a giant, an embarrassing defeat. It's time to celebrate you. Deserve it. Kevin McCarthy will do a good job and maybe even a great job, just watch. I mean, I kind of feel like he could care less, right? He then followed up by attacking Mitch. He tells Republicans, stick together, and then look what he does. He's back attacking Mitch McConnell and his wife, Elaine Chow. If Republicans are going to fight, we ought to be fighting Mitch McConnell and his domineering China loving boss, I mean, wife. Now, you know, he does love a good racist. A good racist social representation, Ben. Um, does he have any power left to sway these rogue Republicans to snatch the pacifiers out of their mouths and say, do as I say? He used to be able to do it. I used to be able to have power over all of them, including McCarthy. And now his power has waned, but sadly and scarily, because I, I want this saga to continue forever. He probably does still have some sway over the fringe crazies in the Republican Party that are holding this out, the Boberts and the Gateses of the world. But his power is very diminished because he also just seems more unhinged than ever. He at least used to have somewhat consistent positions while in power. And now, just last night, when asked if he would still support <laughs> McCarthy, he said, We're going to have to see. We're going to have to see. Maybe I will. Maybe I will not let it play out. And the next morning he's like, well, oh, someone explained the math. There's no other choice. You gotta support him, it's obvious to everybody. <laughs> I've known it from day one. I've known it from day one, it's very clear. So I mean, he is ping ponging around yeah. the horn right there. As is per per, per use for the, the disintegration of his mind that's happened lately. So he does a lot lately. less power at least for yeah. Yeah. formally <laughs> and finally. You know, um, the holdouts, they didn't listen to Donnie's request, okay? They've continued what is a clear attack on McCarthy. They don't like him. They don't like him at all. They don't want to leave him. You know, my dad used to say, when you're disagree with somebody, you gotta leave the other person with a little something to lose. You gotta leave him, leave him somewhat whole. You don't need to own everything, right? Okay? They want him broken. They want him broken, dissected the whole thing. Many took to social media in this crowd. 
these angry right wing, I don't even know if you call them right wingers. They're just kind of like this rogue bunch doing their own thing. They're delighting though in the predicament McCarthy finds himself in. Representative Linda Sanchez, California's 38th district tweeted this. This California is having a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. <laughs> Which led to this inspired recreation of the children's book, Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. She'd like to recreate that. Yes, With also, also if I can just, just add, I love that the main story all over the news yesterday was, not only is this the first in, a, in, over, in over 100 years, but Congress will not be able to get anything done. The House will not be able to pass anything for a whole day as though we're used to yeah. legislation just flying through <laughs> successfully being passed by any party in Congress, let alone the Republicans. So I don't care if this goes on for two, three weeks, they wouldn't be passing anything anyway. No, no, and they're really, this was supposed to just be a holiday where they brought their families to the swearing in, probably on the taxpayer's dime. And they said, you know what? Otherwise, we don't even want to be back yet, okay? Yeah. Our holiday break stretches into like the third week of January, so yeah. Yes, also they the one thing they did do, because they didn't need legislation for this, the second the Republicans took control with just more numbers yesterday, they removed the metal detectors from mm -hmm. entering the House chamber because why would they ever want to be safe? Even <laughs> Scalise, who's considered one of the backup choices, wow. who was shot yeah. in a shooting on a baseball field and came back more in favor of removing gun restrictions. That's how in the pocket of the very odd side these people all are. But in good news, just breaking news, I just got this right now. Ooh. George Santos has just announced himself the new Speaker of the House, so that's exciting. No that votes. Exciting. Okay. No votes, but he's, he's a trustworthy guy. I'd mm -hmm. like to see what his first measure is. Um, can a speaker doesn't have pardon powers? Do they? I mean, that could stretch down to Brazil, perhaps. George Santos will, though. Yeah. I am speaker, and I've appointed myself pardon powers, and I give myself all clemency for Brazilian crimes. Oh my goodness, Georgie. Uh, there's this Twitter user pointed out that no level of brown nosing or ass kissery could save. McCarthy, look at him scratching his head there. The face you make when you've kissed everyone's ass. Now they're listen, they're an angry bunch, but they got they have some good one-liners here. Uh, um, then there's this following Tuesday's dismissal or dismal rather turnout. Representative Matt Gates decided that um, you know he wanted to inflict some more pain. Okay, he reached out to J. Brett Blanton, the architect of the Capitol, about McCarthy still occupying the Speaker office. Matt Gates. Wrote a letter, okay, and he spell checked it. Dear Mr. Blanton, <laughs> I write to inform you that the Speaker of the House office located in the US Capitol building is currently occupied by Representative Kevin McCarthy. As of this morning, the 117th Congress adjourned, and a Speaker from the 118th Congress has not been elected. After three undecided votes, no member can lay claim to the office. Of course, now there's five votes and McCarthy hasn't won anything. What is the basis in law, Gates goes on to say, House rule or precedent to allow someone who has placed second in three successive speaker elections to occupy the speaker of the House office? How long will he remain there before he is considered a squatter? Please write back promptly as it seems Mr. McCarthy can no longer be considered speaker designate. Following today's balloting, besides McCarthy looking pathetic, you mentioned George Santos, right Ben? Okay. Yep. 
<laughs> official government site made him look like the liar he is on the very first day with this press release. Remember, nothing could get done, no business. There is no, there really is no House of Representatives right now. No one's sworn in, but still didn't stop this press release. Political reporter Olivia Beavers did clarify, however, that the PR announcement was done by the Office of the Chief Administrative Officer for all freshman offices. It was published without some offices knowing about it, but there you see it taking the oath of office. Swearing in as a member of the 118th Congress, US Representative George Santos. He is not yet a congressman. He's that probably said, just meant that he was swearing inside the house. He'll well, there's that. The I'm sure there's a lot of swearing. I, I saw where Kevin McCarthy had all these pizzas delivered as they hunkered down and strategized for the night. Um, hey, it's not over till it's over. Listen, I don't mind him getting pizzas delivered. Maybe it'll lead to him being arrested. They can spot where he is. Oh, that's right. Andrew Tate style and, <laughs> and grab him down for supporting an insurrection against our country. How does that? How does Ooh, that? Well, he was there, wasn't he? He was there and he condemned it for a day and a half until he decided he wanted the fried shrimp at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. Decided to go and endorse the architect of it. Kiss the ring. He's good at it, but apparently not good enough. Nation's legislative process is at a standstill. As we mentioned, members cannot be sworn in. They can't adopt rules. They cannot vote on bills until a speaker is chosen, until speakers in place. Also observed on Tuesday, Representative AOC, what on earth was going on? She was spotted on the floor talking to two of her more controversial colleagues, Matt Gates and Representative Paul Gozar. Her exchanges with Gozar and Gates, two of the 20 Republicans who bucked McCarthy's repeated bids to secure enough votes appeared, well, nice enough, amiable, but audio was not captured. Here's a brief C-SPAN video of their exchange. You see her up close whispering. You know, I guess because it's a very crowded area, she felt safe enough, okay? After the threats and the vile way, uh, particularly Gosar has talked about her, Ben. Um, she was left to break it down, and here's what she said. Uh, the New York Congresswoman later telling reporters she had been reassuring Gosar and Gates that Democratic leadership was not planning a side deal to get McCarthy to win, right? McCarthy was suggesting he could get the Democrats to walk away to lower his threshold. AOC telling the intercept of her talk with Gates, and I fact checked, and I said, absolutely not. She added that she had been discussing adjournment, that strategy with Gosar. In an MSNBC appearance several hours later, AOC emphasized the unprecedented nature of the situation, saying it's about the cards that are in McCarthy's hands. And if he chooses to approach the Democratic caucus, then that would be a negotiation in and of itself for a potential coalition government. Hmm. Can there be a coalition here when you have a faction over there? Okay. Because basically, they're calling you a squatter. And humiliating you, and they don't like the Democrats much either. But it seemed like AOC more than Kevin McCarthy. Can can there be some kind of negotiation where Kevin McCarthy succeeds? I don't know how long he'd be Speaker Ben, but what do you think? I think that there 
is some chance of a coalition government. It would be a very weird dysfunctional yeah. one, but it would be a, a better situation for the Democrats than having McCarthy cave in further to the extreme far right, QAnon, Wackanon wing of the party. And so it would be very interesting. I mean, McCarthy already in his raw bid for power, because if you cared about the country, you would just give up at this point and let somebody else take the reins, but he won't do it. So he already agreed to not only change rules that they could remove him from power quickly, that was enough for them. He changed the rules so that he agreed to literally get rid of the House ethics oversight panel <laughs> to get rid of the ethics. They're like, look, if we're gonna, we're gonna support you, you gotta make sure you don't hold us to any sort of ethical standard. <laughs> he agrees, they still don't come on board. Maybe he makes some concessions to the Democrats to get a few votes and it enables it to be at least a more mild, at least a more centrist version of a Republican House. That would be the best outcome we could probably ever hope for. Uh, I don't hold my breath to it, but that would be wonderful. We'll see. Like I said, he says he's not walking away, he's not giving up. Um, if there's breaking news, we'll get after it. We'll tell you if there's a sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth vote. Wait, I mean, there's breaking news right now. I just got it. it. Uh, George Santos has declared himself King of America. <laughs> wow. I see that coming. Amazing. Well, and Harry and Meghan can come to his, uh, what do you call it? It's the coronation. Coronation. Right? No, nope, yeah. this just in. Harry and Meghan have been excommunicated from George oh, Santos' kingdom. <laughs> they have to well, move back to England now. Good old George. He is the gift that keeps giving. King um, George. The King George. And then you have on the other side where Hakeem Jeffries, the representative, he's sitting pretty, right? He actually looks good just sitting there, not really saying much because. What is there to say? The other side is imploding. He earned 212 votes on the first three ballots. Representative Jeffries will probably not win as the party only controls 212 seats, short of the majority required. He did have this to say on the GOP deadlock, listen. We are looking for a willing partner to solve problems for the American people, not save the Republicans from their dysfunction. We need a partner in governance. To build upon the incredible progress that we made for the American people over the last few years. By the way, with a similar majority. But under the great leadership of Speaker Pelosi, Democrats united, progressives, New Dems, and Blue Dogs united. We accomplished extraordinary things on behalf of the American people. And those are just the highlights of what Democrats did with a similar narrow majority. So we're ready to get to work to build upon those accomplishments if we can find a partner willing to govern on behalf of the American people. No work can be done until the Congress is seated. There is no House of Representatives as of right now. There's just not one right now. So there's not gonna be any work, Representative Jeffries. But it kind of feels like Ben, yeah, you ever see up close, maybe you've even been part of it at, at a time, these dysfunctional relationships. And then you see your friend across the street and you're like, whoa, I thought we were bad. I thought we were fighting. This is a whole nother animal. Yeah, I've been in some of those dysfunctional relationships. I know them up close and mm-hmm. I wish I had neighbors that were as dysfunctional as some of mine. That would have made me feel better. But I do see it in the political arena 
all the time. And it is just truly incredible to see the difference between adults that are there actually to govern. I mean, look, no doubt both sides are corrupt. Both sides are in the pockets of lobbyists and of big business. And we have a very broken system and the money has to come out. But that said, there's still one of those two sides that is broken and corrupt that is still fighting for things that would help the vast majority of the American people. And the other one is just straight up corrupt, even in their policies. And the choice is clear. I mean, you just see it in front of your eyes. It's there's a there's a there's a clown show on one side and there's adults on the other. And now the clowns are calling saying, you know, don't do that to us. Don't put that on us. I mean, it's <laughs> really, really bad. Um, but as I said, we'll keep following it and uh, we'll let you know what happens. We'll let you know uh, because it ain't over yet. Let's switch gears, New Year's Eve, he had everything to live for. He had high hopes, dreams, and a plan. He had a plan, he wanted to work his way up. Black tire store worker gunned down, killed by a man he was helping. It makes zero sense. Cab County, Georgia, a tire store employee was fatally shot after a car owner claims he mistook him for an auto thief. New Year's Eve, 24 year old Tires Plus employee Daniel Gordon was killed while test driving a customer's car. Car belonged to 30 year old Kadarius McDowell who wanted break work done and instead ended up murdering. That's the charge, malice murder, Gordon, who was just doing his job. He was just trying to do his job and he actually loved his job and wanted more here. When McDowell saw Gordon driving his car in the parking lot, he thought it was being stolen. He decided to shoot at the vehicle, striking Gordon. Because of course, this possession meant so much more than a young man's life. What if he was stealing the car? He wasn't, he was just doing his job. He shot at the car and killed him. McDowell fled the scene on foot while Gordon was taken to the hospital. Where he later died of his injuries, the police were able to catch the shooter and arrest him. Again, the charge is malice murder. Meantime, co-workers like John Claude Edwards, they're frustrated. They're grieving the loss of Gordon, an all around great guy. Here's what Edwards had to say, I don't understand. He saw him in uniform, got his with the work order in it and everything to test drive the vehicle. Why would you think anything different? It was a test drive. We shouldn't have to go through this. It's just a test drive for him to get killed, a young brother. I mean, just ambitious, you know, just really ambitious. He wanted to be the greatest tech there is, always smiling, always just happy. We joke all the time in the back room. Friend said Gordon began working for Tires Plus this past summer and was excited about the job. He can't even feel safe at work. That's the quote. It's just sad. It's a sad day. You can't even call this a wrong place at the wrong time type of situation because literally you're at work. On Monday, McDowell rather appeared before Judge Claire Jason who charged him with malice murder and explained that the charge excluded him from bond, but also advised that a superior court would be the one that could grant bond once his case reaches that level. This young man seemed to be just a great 
guy. I saw an interview where one of the coworkers, I can't imagine. Can't imagine what his, we loved him here at work. I can't imagine what his family's going through. I don't, I can't identify Ben with people who put a vehicle, probably still had a loan on it. I had a human life like this and a young man, right? Because if you're shooting in the car, possibly, maybe you meant to kill him. Who are people like this? Yeah, you know, we don't value human life anymore like we used to, like we should. Um, if there's any better evidence that we need more stringent requirements for being able to get firearms, we need training, we need people to verify that they understand the gravity of the weapon in their hand. Maybe the person had never shot it before. If you've ever gone to a gun range like I have several times, you know the incredible lethal power of these guns. And instead of just having them glorified in movies as something you can just pop, pop, fire off willy nilly when something bothers you to try to stop somebody. I mean, he was in there to get new tires and brakes, potentially new brakes. He didn't even think shoot the tires out if that was your mm-hmm. big concern. You think your car is being stolen, kills a person. Um, there's not much to say, it's just an incredible tragedy. And uh, we need to do a little something more, a lot, we need to do a lot more rather to rein in the out of control guns. When you've got more guns than people in a country, you've got a real problem. Yeah, and you know what, I think it raises a larger issue because you know, with one of the coworkers saying you can't even call this wrong place, wrong time, right? Because this is where we are in society. This is actually where we are, where that's your first thought. If it were my thought, I would have thought, well, I guess somebody's stealing my car, tires plus I'll have to replace it. I mean, what it not to do with me, I dropped off the car. I'm not gonna put my life in danger, and I'm certainly not gonna shoot at some kid behind the wheel. It is disgusting. It's a story we we unfortunately have to keep following thoughts and prayers to this young man's family. Did not need to happen. Much more indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie. I'm Sharon Reed filling in for the good doctor, Ben Glee. The talented comedian and Rebel HQ contributor is our co-host today. We're honored to have him. We're right back. Welcome back. This is Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie. I am Sharon Reed filling in for Dr. Ritchie today. Ben Glebe is our co-host. Keep the one-liners coming, Ben. We need comedy. We need comedy in our lives. Rebel HQ, extraordinary. Contributor as well. Honored to have you with us this afternoon. Thank you. Uh, Honored to be with you. Oh, look at that. Who uh, doesn't love Dorothy walks into a to a, in into the house. That's the whole joke. That's it. Okay. And you better clean out the office, Kevin. Okay, yeah. because five, Squatting six and where are we now? Squat. That's, That's your the office. most comical move. I, I want to uh-huh. see video of him getting pulled out of that office. Yeah, I heard he had it decorated and everything. Now you're gonna take all that stuff off the walls. And you probably have to repair them too, because they're not gonna paint it. Nancy Pelosi's out of there, so that means they painted it, they got it all together, right? They got it all together, and then you started tacking up pictures of your family, and now that's gotta go. He should invite the guy that put his legs up on Nancy Pelosi's desk and stole her laptop to be be his office manager. That's a great pairing, okay? Two peas in a pod. Let's get some viewer comments right now, Um, TYT member. Cray Cray Souffle, I guess even the fifth time ain't the charm, Kev. No, it's not, uh, Souffle, it's not. 
Mickey C, the silver haired dragon is back. Mickey says after the past six years of horror from Trump and the Republican Party, we more than deserve this day of hilarity. <laughs> wow, appreciate all, all the love as well. Uh, Jeff, test pilot, how is Kevin McCarthy not better prepared for this? It's a good question. He has known about this since at least the summer, longer honestly, that Max Headroom, excuse me, Matt Gates. This is what it says, and others would even support him. I mean, he should have known better. I'll give you one more, Tyler Hackner. This is about the tire worker, the young man with so much promise killed. Possessions over human life, that's exactly how I feel. It's just, it's apparently what we're doing way too much, way too much. Um, who doesn't like a good fireworks show, right? That's how we celebrate in this country, hopefully safely, but not everybody enjoys it. A woman comes to mind, her name is Karen, okay? She hated the fireworks. I wish you Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're my friend. Back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. So therefore I can record you. From my property. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I will call the police. Go ahead. No. No. When you started fireworks, it came to our house. No. We didn't pop anything in the air, ma'am. No. I said no. No. I'm not backing down. No. I'm not the one wrong. No. We didn't pop anything in the air. It's the kind of thing you. I don't even know what. I mean, huh? Okay. Here, <laughs> let's let's set the scene for you, okay? Because the woman recording is in her yard or on her porch. It's her property. These were her children who were just lighting some fireworks, right? And you heard Karen next door say, "I'm not going to back down," and she pulled a gun, okay? Then she was yelling at them, no, 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 and you're not gonna record me. She said no, all right? She gets into it, they call the police. The police show up and here's how that goes. I'm not fucking down, I'm not being nice, I'm not being boy. TD, go in the house, sir. What about the fireworks going off the top of my house? No, you're not hearing me, please, you're or our house. Man, we've been here for eight years. <laughs> I, I understand. 
She no. said we just no. moved in. No. And we had yeah. yeah. So. And her husband did bend over He'll just come to no. the back gate and stare. I guess he didn't no. the words. He just no. stared like on some Michael Myers type stuff. Just, just saying it There's clearly some things going on up yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, her neighbors were shooting fire. She's still shouting. She's louder than the fireworks, okay? <laughs> she's she's louder than the fireworks. She's still shouting. I'll get you to comment, but first, the Reddit reposted this TikTok video suggests the cops did not arrest Karen. Again, she pulled a gun on kids who were shooting off fireworks on their property. And you heard mom say they weren't shooting things in the air. Maybe they were just those little sparkler things. I don't know. Okay, but people were, you heard fireworks all throughout that neighborhood. Okay, but she's only concerned with the black family that moved in next door. Okay, original TikTok post mentions no resolution to the incident whatsoever. A few things struck me, okay, Ben. The police don't want any part of this woman, okay, who's loud and just they cannot. But if the report came in that she had a gun, she's kind of behind that tree and continuing to shout. Nobody checks her. Nobody makes sure that, you know, she seemed a little unhinged, no? Yeah, unhinged is the least of it. She seems unhinged, but also like a nice lady. Like I'd love to hang with her. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to take her out. If you're high. On a romantic date. I oh I am high. And okay. that's why, how I make all my makes decisions. Sense. Yeah, um, makes sense. I'm not high. But if I were, she'd yeah. be terrible company. My God, the screech. <laughs> I mean, these people just are always chill. Yeah, you can tell they're just they're just very developmentally um arrested development kind of people. Mm-hmm. They they scream and throw tantrums like children. And not even for a few seconds, they can't stop. These are mm-hmm. people that were not raised well. And I got to hand it to the family. It's, it sounds like the kids were still launching those fireworks <laughs> throughout her gun. We're going to have fun. Rage. We bought this place. Let's enjoy it. Yeah. Look, I'm not a big fan of fireworks. Yeah. I have a dog. They drive them crazy in my neighborhood. Now they set off fireworks, not just July 4th, but like. All of May through October. Oh wow! I don't think that's cool. Nah. But never is the thought. They're setting fireworks off. Let's escalate. Yeah. Let's pull a gun gun out and show them who's boss. I mean, what's the good that can come of it? These people just lose their minds. The most you should ever do: go knock on your neighbor's door and ask them to please stop launching fireworks. And if they don't say yes, you set a you set a bag of dog feces on fire in their front door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, you don't do that. I gotta tell you, no, and I gotta tell you, one thing when I finally moved out on my own, probably a little late, one thing my parents told me was, you know, whatever you do, avoid getting into it with your neighbors. Because if you're not moving, particularly if you buy your first house or something, you're not moving. Oh, yeah. I mean, I once had a next door neighbor, he chopped down my dish. You know, the, the people came and set up the satellite thing. I was at work, I got frantic calls. From Dish, and they said, "Hey, your neighbor, your neighbor has chopped down. The dish is down." He said it was like you know, like a half an inch on his property. I, I would, and I remember my colleagues. I'm at work, and they're saying, "What happened?" I told them what happened. They said, "Well, you got to go confront that guy." I said, "I'm not going to do anything." They said, "Well, you got to call the police." I said, "I'm not going to do anything." And I came home. I walked over the dish. I had to step over it. It was strewn all about, right, right there. I walked over it. I said, "Hello." 
never even had a discussion about it. We never even, he chopped them down you. and threw them right across my patio. Good for you for having that <laughs> level of restraint. That's incredible. I would not have been able to do that. But you're right, once things go south with a neighbor, what are you gonna do? They live there. You really gotta make shrewd, like I had this, I had a scary moment when my mm. neighbor across the street, not not scary really, but just said to me like about six months ago, hey, I wonder if we could come over, if I could come over sometimes and swim in your pool. Oh, and you don't wanna start that brother. You don't wanna open that door. So no. I had to think of an answer real quick and I was like, Oh, I would, but I really value my privacy. I'm so sorry, <laughs> I, I'm walking around here naked all the time. I'm unhinged, I hate firecrackers, I have guns. Whatever I can <laughs> say to get her to, to hate that idea. Yeah, uh, or it's a pool party for life, okay? Once yep. you start that, it's a pool party for life. No, it's no good. Uh-uh. But I think the family in this case handled Karen next door just right. You can't overreact to her, you should record it, protect your interests. Let the kids see what's out there in the big, bad, nasty world, and then just kind of stay back. Other people don't want to handle it that way though, Ben. Let's give you a double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a in Sunday. You're going to feel free, back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. At this moment, that he knew he fed up. I didn't call you that. I said this. So, this is the opposite of get along with your neighbors at all costs. Okay. <laughs> this is the complete opposite end of the spectrum. I'll get you to weigh in, but let's tell folks uh, you know, she called the clerk the N word. And then instant karma was doled out, Ben, we don't condone this. But sometimes when you go around acting like a Karen, well. Yeah, I mean, that version really bleeped out where you, or it was not as clear as the version I saw that she just straight up called her the N word. We don't condone it, but there are certain times when certain people say certain things where you also don't not condone it, you know what I mean? <laughs> You sometimes you have to sometimes you have yeah. to say, look, I can't endorse it, right. but I will look the other way on this one. I mean, you just can't. We need justice to be doled out when racists think racism can still exist in the modern world. It cannot. If you ever are racist to another human being or hateful in any way or derogatory towards any group of people, you're gonna get Punished for it. That's the way it's gonna go down. You, the only time you're allowed to be angry and hurl insults at people is when it's at an individual person for an individual thing that they did. Mm -hmm. When you're annoyed at someone and you decide to throw their entire race under the bus, yeah, you're gonna get you're you're gonna get what's coming to you. It might not be right. It might not be the suggested course of action, but you can't blame the person for doing it. Hey, look, uh, remember the movie Friday? Devo ripped off everybody's chain. He stole, he burglarized people, and then he got knocked out. Okay? Yeah. There came a time when he rolled up that rickety bike and he got knocked down. Okay? And that was a pivotal point in the movie, Ben.
because yeah. we were rooting for that because he'd done too much. It's true, and this Karen, not the build of Devo in no. Friday either. And uh, <laughs> luckily for us, it's Wednesday, and I do got ish to do. You know <laughs> what I mean? I love it. We love you, Ben Glebe, comedian, Rebel HQ contributor. I'm Sharon Reed, and for Dr. Rashad Ritchie, this is indisputable. We're right back. Welcome back to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. We always love your comments. And it seems you always weigh in more right after a double dose of these Karens. TYT member, Mickey C the Silver Dragon. Every one of these crazy Karen videos remind me daily why I chose to live far away from any neighbors in an area where there will never be any. I prefer the trees and wild animals over people. Because a lot of times people do act like wild animals, okay? You almost would rather a bear digging in your trash. Racist Karen, YouTube Snack Panther commenting, Karen has fallen and can't get up. That never gets old, it really never gets old, okay? Her skirt flew up and while she was down, she said, remember how bold she was? Like, you know, calling this woman out of her name with a hard, you know, H, you know, ho, you know, and a lot of other things. And then once she got knocked down, it was like, I didn't say that, but you did, didn't you? And then you got hit. Okay. YouTube member Laura Estrada, member for five months, we always appreciate you. Can we show a little kindness once in a while? Shaking my head. Thank you both for holding down the doctor's office. Ben, do the eyebrow. They're asking for the eyebrow. That's good. That's good. I love it. Wow, look at that. You are a star. That's what the comedians do. You can't be a comedian, you can't do stand up unless you can do something like that. We love it, Ben Glebe in today. And I just told him that I wanna go catch catch one of your, your specials, one of your shows. And um, I just told you that you should do stand up. You're very yes. funny naturally. Oh goodness, maybe you can train me or something. That's a show. Like and I said it, you took your mic off and stormed off for a few minutes. No, stop it. His life. Stop it, but tell us where people can find you, see you next. Cuz I know you got a lot of fans out there. I'm doing a show tonight in LA with oh, Bill wow. Burr at the Bourbon Room. And I have my own show, Ben Glebe and Friends in Silver Lake at the Hyperion, Lyric Hyperion with James Adomian and Christina Catherine Martinez and Francesca Fiorentini for, from TYT and Chris Porter on the 12th of January. Wow. You can get tickets at my website, bengleeb.com. But if you don't happen to be in these cities, just watch my new special, The Mad King on YouTube right now. We just crossed 100,000 views. My next goal is 500,000, so let's get there. Wow, I don't know how I feel about this. You know, Bruce's beach, the family, remember we brought you this story. Their ancestors had purchased this coastal property. They wanted to have a place where black people, brown people, people could go and not be harassed, not have to deal with segregation, racism. The land was stolen from them, Bruce's beach. And now we've learned the family who got the land back, people got behind them, spurred on by everything that was going on in 2020 and this awakening for some people. They got the land back, valuable land. And yet today there's word the family will sell the land back to Los Angeles for $20 million. It makes me think that this was the plan all along. And that to me is not enough for this 
prime real estate. Six months ago, Los Angeles County leaders signed off on returning two parcels of beachfront property in Manhattan Beach to the Bruce family. The first example of the government giving back land to a black family after acknowledging it had been stolen. Now the family has decided to sell the Bruce's beach property back to the county for nearly 20 million. In the early 1900s, Willa and Charles Bruce were pushed out of a bustling resort they had built beloved by the area's black community. KKK along with other white residents of the area plotted to drive the family away. And city officials later condemned their property in 1924 through eminent domain, that trick again. Claiming they needed the lots for a park, family's resort was demolished and the Bruce Bruce rather, family moved away. The park would not be built for decades, it was all a lie. Descendant Anthony Bruce said that his grandfather, Bernard Bruce, the grandson of Willow and Charles had spent decades trying to restore the family's legacy. He was obsessed about it because he knew how much it was worth. He was trying to get that land back for almost his entire life. 2006, Bernard had succeeded in getting a historical plaque on the land to mark the Bruce family's contributions. But the 86 year old died of COVID-19 in January 2021, 18 months before local officials finally voted to transfer the land back to his family. In an effort to right the wrongs of the past, the Los Angeles County Board made the momentous decision in June to return the Manhattan Beach land to the descendants of the Bruce's, a move celebrated nationally by reparation advocates. As part of the agreement, Bruce family members had a two year window in which they could require the county to buy back the property from them. And now they've decided to do just that. They are exercising the option, if you will, Ben. Listen, I don't have a property or a contract that says somebody has to give me $20 million for it. So I can pontificate freely and face no consequences financially or otherwise. But this hurts. I think the land's worth more, number one. And number two, I think it's priceless. I think it's priceless. It's part of their legacy. It's what their family wanted. It's what so many of us black and brown people understand about what real estate really is, land. The one thing that you can't create more of. And yes, I think it should be enjoyed by all. What is LA County gonna do with it? What do you think about the family's decision here? Am I being too pie in the sky? I mean, look, I think that it's a pretty happy outcome for them to be able to become 20 millionaires after all of this. That's an incredibly life changing amount of money. And more so, it's their decision to do it. They're not being forced to sell the land back. And so, you know, they could have held out potentially for more money. But that said, because this land has been taken from them for so long, they would have had far more than $20 million, of course, by now. And the fact that there's just so many zoning restrictions and building restrictions now on land that would have been theirs, would have been built out, they can't develop it on their own. So they are a bit hamstrung and 
kind of forced into taking this deal, but at least it's a pretty good outcome. Bruce's Beach is incredible. I've never been, but my friend's been trying to get me to go for a very long time. He actually, I just remembered that he sent me this video of how beautiful it is. Look, you can see on my wow. phone, get this gorgeous wow. and to the beach, right on the beach. That's Bruce's Beach and look how well, beautiful that is gorgeous. the area back on the back. It's just an enormous, enormous park property. Um, mm. Could have been an incredible resort, yeah. And it, it is enjoyed by people now. I just hope that that uh, that the family is truly happy with this. If they are, then I'm happy. But um, it's nice to see wrongs at least being righted to some degree. It's you know to be able to set the precedent to be able to pay some reparations for yeah. wrong the past. I think is very important. So even if the amount of money isn't what it could have been, I think it's a, a step very much in the right direction. Yeah, and I think you helped me because one of the things you said, and I still think they should have got more money, but you're right. It was their decision this time. So yeah, they should be able to do as they wish. I just I wish think. it happened 18 months earlier. What a bummer, the man fights his whole life to yeah, be able to, to get to see this happen. His family yeah. gets to see it and he doesn't. Yep. Um, but, but they wanted that legacy. Goes. Yeah, they wanted the legacy for their descendants. So. Why so angry? Her coupon um, had expired, the store, the employees would not accept it. Um, and then Karen Ravana went into a full on, it almost was like, you know, the, uh, the weigh in, Floyd Mayweather. And an opponent, and then someone holds them back, but it can get really get violent. Perhaps mm -hmm. that's a better analogy. This was uh, epic. Yeah, she was definitely aggrieved. I'll say on Black Friday, I went to Ross, took my little cousin there. Oh, she no. wanted a new outfit, <laughs> and um, she, I saw someone in front of me trying to to haggle with the checkout lady. Uh -huh. Like I was like, ma'am, this is a, a store. They yeah. scan the price and you pay the price. And then she got upset when she wouldn't give her a discount because the pants didn't have a drawstring in it. <laughs> and they got in a yelling match, but it didn't get nearly as aggressive <laughs> as this Karen did. And I just wanna know what on earth was so important yeah. that you were buying at the store. You're not buying groceries to feed your family here, okay? Mm -hmm. You're you're not buying you know, like water to <laughs> keep yourself alive, mm -hmm. you're buying some clothes, trying to use an expired coupon. What on earth was so special about those clothes that you're ready to fight a woman over yeah. it? Look at this, and with the Puma, she's got the outfit on and everything. And it would be funny, it would be entertaining as the circus comes to town. If not for, let's throw the video back up there. That's your, that's your child, isn't that your daughter in the background, ma'am? And it's clear to me as this child is in distress that this is not the first time, okay? That she's seen mommy behave this way. Mommy behaves this way sometimes and she could care less that her little one who depends on her and is supposed to look to her for guidance is in the picture. 
That's just embarrassing. Just embarrassing your child in front of you, and you know, it, it, it's embarrassing for the child, of course. But you know, you're teaching them that this is an okay way to behave when you don't get what you want, and then those behaviors rub off a lot of times on the children. So you're just creating a cycle of bad behavior. And if you don't catch it early, Ray, if you don't catch this early, it turns into a lifelong affliction. It is passed down, and you have it really from cradle to grave. Uh, then there's <laughs> people have a lot of nerve. They have a lot of what's the word? Is is it hoops? Hutzpah? Hutzpah, yep. Yeah. Um, are these the same people? Quick, quick answer that, Ben. I know that they are, but you wouldn't tell it from the picture. No. Okay. Cultural appropriation. Madison, Wisconsin. Indigenous artist advocate has been revealed. She's white. You're white. Okay, you're white, okay? Kay LeClaire is her name, also known as Nibiwaka Migui. I'm sure I butchered it, okay? I'm sure I butchered it. She's accused of profiting off of portraying herself as indigenous rather than white. Be you, do you, boo, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? That has to be unpacked fully. Before LeClaire was ousted in 2020, they led a white owned music venue to change its name from Winnebago to the Burr Oak. I'm glad the owners have decided to no longer profit from the identities of indigenous peoples. I'm glad the name is going, but I'm not happy the institutions that allowed it to be stolen in the first place remain. For over 500 years, indigenous peoples have not controlled our narratives and representations. Our exclusion has been built into inclusion for others. Kay LeClaire, proud imposter, imposter. Who is she? Well, I'm gonna tell you. Since at least 2017, Kay LeClaire has claimed Matisse, Oneida, Anisha, Cuban and Jewish Heritage. Additionally, they identify as two-spirit, a term many indigenous people use to describe a non-binary gender identity. In addition to becoming a member and co-owner, LeClaire earned several artist stipends, paid residency at the University of Wisconsin, a place on the missing and murdered indigenous women task force, and many speaking gigs, art exhibitions, not to mention a platform. And the trust of a community, all based on an ethnic identity that appears to have been fully fabricated, like Santos, right? Like George Santos. Were they on the phone or something conferencing about this? This is what she did. Well, there's breaking news coming in. I just wanted to yes, chime in real quick. Uh, Rachel Dolezal says no problem with this. <laughs> she has no issue. Remember her? Remember her? Wow. I she I thought I didn't question it. Okay, I believe Rachel. And then we found out, right? In her case, her family, her family, right? They said, "Hey, hate to break it to you, baby girl, right there." White. The cornrows? Nah, that's not her. That's not our Rachel. That's another Rachel. That's not our Rachel. <laughs> well, Claire's fraud came to light by author Advance Might on a new age fraud forum. There is such a thing. 
Advanced Smite, it was also of indigenous heritage, said they first became aware of LeClaire through a Facebook ad for an upcoming talk on indigenous feminism, at which she was going to speak. It identified her. It said Advanced Smite found unusual. They said, this is something just doesn't smell right here. The single given Ojibwe name. I hope one of y'all comments, writes in and corrects me. I just can't get it right. The name is typically something that would just be used in ceremony or with other people. Part of your community, they said. So that was the first clue, like you're not using it correctly, okay? You've gone too far with your appropriation here. Also, a hobbyist genealogist, Advanced Smite used online records and resources to find LeClaire's true lineage. German, Swedish, French, Canadian, anything but is what they really found out. Okay, it's anything but is what they should have just listed there, Ben. Okay, once they had the more or less confirmed, they were sure there wasn't another. Catherine LeClaire of the same age, they posted the fraud. New Age Fraud Forum, they outed her. One community response about LeClaire's deception comes from Arvina Martin, member of the Ho-Chunk Nation, former Madison Alder. This causes a lot of harm, first of all, because it is a non-native person taking and making not just a profit, but making a name for themselves through our traditions, which is extra harmful. Because for so many years, these traditions were illegal. Take our traditions and then make a name for your individual self is completely, completely the antithesis of our values. And the fact that again, this was illegal for so long, and it just really twists the knife to see that happen. It's the worst when someone is trusted, right? Your reaction, Ben? Well, the only thing I can say in defense of LeClaire, what what she has done here is the most American thing you could do. Sure I mean, is. stealing from the native people <laughs> and claiming it as your own is one of the more patriotic acts. Yeah. Um, due to the very sordid, dark history of America having done that to the native people. So um, it's in line with things that we do and her non apology apology. Yeah. Using a bunch of big words to try to confuse and make it devoid of human emotion is also just par for the course. Let's just run out the clock. Let's just yeah. filibuster our way out of true accountability. Using the same publicist, perhaps as George Santos. Here's what she says I am sorry. A lot of information has come to my attention since late December. Uh, they outed you, that information. <laughs> I'm still processing it. And do not yet know how to respond adequately. Uh, just say you lied. Watch you that lied, language gets girl. even crazier. That language gets real complex. Ew, juicy. What I can do now is offer change. Moving forward, my efforts will be towards reducing harm by following the directions provided by native community members and community specified proxies. Currently, this means that I am not using the Ojibwe. There it is again. Sorry. The name given to me, I'm removing myself from all community spaces, positions, projects, and grants, and will not seek new ones. You're not part of that community. So what are you talking about, ma'am? 
What are you talking about? You're not part of the community. Any culturally related items, she goes on to say, I hold are being redistributed back in community, either to the original makers and gift givers when possible or elsewhere as determined by community members. Thank you. Someone like her who was so trusted and had a little speaking tour, who was an expert, right? In her culture, she got paid a lot of money, right? You have earned money, you're an established comedian, you're paid because you make people laugh. She was paid for these speaking engagements, but I don't see anywhere here, Ben, that she's gonna give the money back. That's a strong point, and I say this as one of the great black comedians of our time. <laughs> I'm personally offended by this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's unreal. And not girl. only is that a great point that you're making, Sharon, not giving the money back, but I just can't stand the new age language to take mm -hmm. accountability mm -hmm. off her own plate. All I can do is offer change and follow the direction of community related proxies. How about saying, I'm a bad person, I yeah. made horrible, horrible mistakes, I'm so sorry. Messed up, okay, I think we should put the picture back up again. We gotta put the picture back up one more time because are these people related? Yeah. I don't know, the one on the, on the right looks like Demi Lovato. It does, doesn't it? Oh my goodness. Who also fakes her own level of stuff in my opinion, but. Okay, well there it is, as part of your next act. Maybe that'll be part of your next act. Ben Glebe, love having you as co-host today. Same. Extraordinary comedian, Rebel HQ contributor. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. This is Indisputable, we're right back. Welcome back to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Let's get some comments on some of the last stories that we brought you. Bruce's Beach being sold back to LA County. Cray Cray Souffle says this story about Bruce's Beach really bothered me too. I feel this was a political stunt created by the city and state for the past election. My thoughts are, is when the deal was made to give the land to the Bruce's, they knew the family probably couldn't afford the upkeep and the taxes of the land and the option. Gave the family the opportunity to sell the land back to the city for an absolute lousy amount. It is sad, it is sad, cray cray, but we appreciate our TYT member. YouTube, also Tim Nichols says about Bruce's Beach, sell it to some black celebrities, such as, who's out there? Who are your friends, Ben, who, who might be interested in purchasing this? Your comedian friends, perhaps, that would be fun. Listen, if I could get my comedian friends to spend 20 million, 50 million, to spend $100 to buy me dinner, I would be in wow. that game. Really, the community's like that. I mean, you, you know. You guys got cash, I feel like comedians, I mean, they're always on the road. I believe you're paid in cash too. The richer so they, the like comedian. The richer the comedians are, the tighter walleted they tend to be, generally speaking. Oh, wow. The most famous comedians will say to me, like, hey, can I borrow 20 bucks for parking? I'll get you back and then never bring it back and up. And you never see it again. Ain't that rich. Uh, one more, okay? And this is about our cultural appropriation friend who sold everyone a lie, LeClaire, right? Robin's egg says she's suffering from Rachel Dolezal syndrome. Yeah, then you brought her up, you chalked that up. Maybe she's actually George Santos. Now come on, Ricardo, <laughs> okay? We don't think that there's anything else going on there, but 
If there is, there is. It's not really what the story is about. The story is about her lies, her fraud, stealing really from a community, their rich culture, their heritage. Um, I'm getting breaking news coming in right now. Rachel Dolezal is is George Santos. That is incredible. Oh my goodness, there's your headline. Breaking news. There's your headline, it's the gift that keeps giving. People forget incarcerated folks, they actually are still humans. They actually do have some rights. People forget that, the government perhaps forgets that. Jail induces early labor in pregnant inmates. Without choice, why would you do this? Why would you force pregnant inmates to have their babies early as part of protocol? At least three pregnant women incarcerated at the Perryville prison in Buckeye, Arizona say the prison induced early labor against their will. Two of the women, Stephanie Pearson, Desiree Romero, had their labor induced at 39 weeks last year. Another woman, Jocelyn Hefner, had her labor induced at 37 weeks, once in 2020, once in 2022. The women told the outlet they were informed that this is a set policy at the prison and medical records the newspaper reviewed have corroborated their claims. This is actually written into the code. Well, research shows labor can safely be induced earlier, about 30 Nine weeks, experts say, denying pregnant people agency in their birthing can result in enduring physical and emotional trauma to the detriment of the pregnant person and the baby. Officials don't seem to care when you're incarcerated. Speaking to Arizona Republic, all three of the women said they believed they had been induced to reduce liability for the prison, not for their own safety. Pearson said a prison obstetrician told her, They induce everyone because they don't want anyone going into labor here. You're not gonna have your baby up in here. That's how ignorant this sounds. This is the policy, this is the protocol here. She continued, I'm quite used to the prison making all these decisions for us because we are still state property. Romero telling the outlet that a medical provider for the prison told her that inducing early labor among incarcerated people is their set policy so that we don't go into labor in prison. Policy allegedly emerged after incidents in which incarcerated pregnant people at the Perryville prison gave birth in their cells. One woman gave birth in her toilet back in 2019. This is tough. The details of this are tough, Ben. Yeah, I mean, we already know that our prison system is so Problematic. It's such a blight on our society, how we've used it to basically be the modern day slavery. You know, we incarcerate people of color at disproportionate rates, take away their freedoms, take away their human rights, tell them when they're going to have a baby, even now. I mean, it's disgusting. Yes, if somebody commits crimes, they should be proportionally and fairly punished for them. But when it is not the case, and when depending on the color of your skin, you get a different fate in your life than others. And then they continue to prove that you are no longer a human in the eyes of the state by taking away your agency, your ability to have your child on your own natural biological schedule. It's some real creepy, like dystopian future stuff that has already arrived. It really is. Very scary. Yeah, it is. 
Green Kendrick, attorney, deputy director at the ACLU National Prison Project telling Jezebel, policy reflects a systemic problem of prisons lacking the resources to care for pregnant people. For the last decade, ACLU has led a class action lawsuit against the prison system for mistreatment of incarcerated people in the prison healthcare system. It appears that the response to what we uncovered about the woman giving birth in her cell toilet a few years ago was that they would just schedule everyone for induction. And that's how we'll avoid that. Look, if you're gonna have prisons and you're gonna incarcerate people, then I guess you better make better provisions for people. If you're gonna house them, hold them, keep them behind bars. David Chin serves as the director for the Arizona Department of Corrections. He looks like a corrections director. He's got the whole look down, the uniform, the hair, and the smirk. Both the department and Centurion, the prison healthcare contractor. You see, that's what people don't understand. It's all about the contractors. Everybody's getting rich off this thing, right? And when you are the director, you get to help steer the contracts. Not saying he did anything wrong, I'm just telling you how it works. I saw a couple documentaries on it. Until October 2022, no comment. Or Arizona's Republic's reporting or immediately. They didn't even respond to requests for comment from Jezebel. NAFCARE, which is the Arizona Department of Corrections current health provider as of last October, denied to Arizona Republic that it has any policy requiring labor to be induced, but confirmed that since October, one incarcerated patient was induced per hospital specialist orders as a maternal fetal safety precaution. NAFCARE told the outlet that there are currently six pregnant people in the state prison system. Will they all give birth on the same date? I don't know, but I don't believe the statement. Also from Jezebel, Pierce and Hefner Romero telling the newspaper that while they weren't shackled and were granted a lot of time with their newborn babies as required by the state's Dignity for Incarcerated Women Act, which was passed in 2021, a long time ago. The medical care they did receive was lacking. The women said the special prenatal diet they were provided by the Perry Prison was merely an extra daily help of milk and a peanut butter sandwich. Wow. Okay. I, you know, I don't know if you want to button that up. I've heard enough then, and I don't know that much is going to change. High hopes, do you have them? I'm always an optimist. I All like right. that that was passed in 2021. I wish it was providing something more substantive than that. But I, you know, I guess when a lot of these stories get us down, all I can offer is that when you take a step further back, while it's very hard to see injustice still happen and steps back still occur, we are moving towards a better world in most categories and. Yeah. Nice to see some progress. Yeah. Speaking of progress, TJ Holmes's wife is tired of just being quiet about it. He's being very loud. So his wife is coming forward now. Strange wife said she's disappointed in the GMA3 host. First public comment since his highly publicized affair with his co anchor, Amy Robach. 
TJ. Honestly, yeah. Okay, let me get through this. Marilee Fiber released a statement via her divorce attorney. One week after Holmes filed paperwork to end their nearly 13 year marriage during the holiday season and in the light of the challenging times, Marilee's sole focus has remained on the overall best interest of her nine year old daughter, Sabine. The attorney telling the Daily Mail that. I think it's excellent. They went to the Daily Mail, they broke the story. She added, Notwithstanding, we continue to be disappointed by TJ's lack of discretion, respect, and sensitivity towards Marilee and the party's daughter. That's a good mother. TJ has his skinny jeans. That's the only thing I can say about him. He can wear a pair of skinny jeans now. But that's really the only positive thing I can say at this point. Lehman concluded her statement by noting Fibic 45 has been touched by the outpouring of support since the scandal first made headlines in November 2022. Looks forward to a new beginning in this new year. She's an immigration lawyer, previously stayed tight lipped on the matter. One source told page six she was blindsided. Amy and TJ remain off air pending ABC's internal investigation, reportedly turning their working relationship into a secret romance, training together. Oh, They got it in. I'll give you the last word. I know people break up, Ben. That's not, it's just like, do you have to be so gross about it? Must you? Yeah, you know, speaking as somebody who recently went through a pretty serious breakup, it's of course, everyone is entitled to make the decisions they want for their own life. But to do it in a way where you don't give extra care and extra consideration and extra heart towards the people you claim to love, but instead mm. are able to shut them out, do things that um, and and not give answers, not be, be be there to to show that while this might be, I might have moved on as, as a romantic love, but I still care for you as a human. When people don't mm, show that, that, it really part. speaks so negatively to their character. And it's sad to see, you know, you want everybody to find their happiness, but that doesn't have to come at the unhappiness of another. You can do it with kid gloves and a little more kindness. Can I tell you something? You refocus me. That that analysis that you just gave, Ben, you're gonna find love again if you haven't already. I can tell you're a good human being and you're gonna find love again. Thank um, you, because that was spot on. It's spot on. <laughs> it's gonna find you. It's you can't escape it. Um, Quickly tell people as we run down the clock here again, where they can find you, follow you, all of it. You can see both of my stand-up specials. You can see my old game show, Idiot Test on Game Show Central. My stand-up specials are on YouTube and Amazon Prime. But just follow me at Ben Glebe on Instagram and Twitter. And my link in bio has the link to all of my things, including my Rebel HQ playlist. Yeah, you need a love reality show too. That was just so beautiful, I stopped. Criticizing TJ, I stopped feeling the anger to her. I just felt like this is lovely and anyone can find love again. Ben Glee, we appreciate you very much. This is Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie. I'm Sharon Reed, I've enjoyed sitting in the chair for the doctor. Hope you'll have me back and we'll see you next time.